Hello, beautiful souls. On today's episode, I welcome a fellow former Canadian soul sister, Eloise Teberge. We talk about the healing powers of nature, processing grief and trauma, emotional expression through ecstatic dance, and so much more. I would just like to also preface this episode with a warning that there is some talk around the topic of sexual and physical abuse, so please listen at your own discretion, and as always, thank you for being here. I hope this episode finds you exactly when and where it needs to. Hello, my beautiful sister. Welcome Hi. to the Big Little Soul podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to have you here today. And for our listeners, this is my beautiful friend and soul sister, Eloise. And we actually, ironically, have not really met in person yet. <laughs> not yet. I say not really because it feels like we have. <laughs> it feels like it's been so many lifetimes yeah, this bond them. yeah <laughs> um yeah it, I'm just really grateful to have you here today and um again you're just somebody who has really shared a lot of similarities in this journey with me and I think you have a lot of wisdom and a lot of uh beautiful experiences to share and you are currently in the beautiful Costa Rica mm-hmm. yeah. You are a fellow Canadian. Sure am. And we left the country at about the same time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We, yeah, we did. So do you want to maybe explain how you got to Costa Rica and maybe some of the lessons that that beautiful land of the jungle has begun to talk, to teach you? Yes, thank you. And thank you for your beautiful words. I'm mm-hmm. very excited to have this conversation with you. Um, all right. So, yeah, I've been here in Costa Rica for <clears throat> um, almost four months. It's going to be four months in a few days. And it kind of feels like I've been here for years because of everything that has happened. Um, and just to give a little bit of background, I lived in Canada my whole life and I had never even been to Costa Rica before and I decided to basically put all of my belongings in whatever fit in one suitcase and just go for it. Um, and anyone who's familiar with the energy of the land here, it, it just... Um, it really brings up a lot, like it's a mirror. It'll put a mirror right in front of you and amplify it. And you can either like move through it or you'll be like, sit up. Like it just, there's no in between. Um, The land really like brings you to face your, it brings you to face your shit. And it's been like, yeah, it's been lesson after lesson here, um, which in no way is lesson like a 
you know, negative word. It just, it brings a lot of growth and it brings a lot of beauty and it's cracked me open in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'd love to share, I think I'd love to share like my, my latest experience with the land here. Um, I, as you know, I'm very much like a forest fairy and nature is my home and it's always been my safe place. You know, the, the pine forest, <clears throat> the pine forest is always something that I've loved and the evergreens and the maple trees and all those things and the river. And so being here, the nature here has a completely different energy. And here there's more of like this flip side where this is nature's home and I'm actually like a visitor in Mm -hmm. nature rather than that feeling I had before of the other way around. And just like very practical things like bugs and creatures and plants that I don't know that might be poisonous and give you like all these rashes or whatever it may be, right? There's just like the jungle is no joke and it's been actually quite a challenge to build my relationship with nature here which I never thought I would have to do I never thought I would say these words um but nature kind of scares me a little bit here and I've really been brought to kind of sit back and be like okay what is this trying to teach me and I kind of went through this whole process where for a period of time I I just kept getting hurt. I would either like get injured while out in nature or I would get attacked. You know, like I've shared with you, I was attacked by African bees, which are actually known to be called killer bees. And that was a whole experience in itself. Um, and no big deal. Uh, <laughs> no big deal. Yes, just super just got attacked by killer bees. It's fine. <laughs> I'm like Lottie dying along this waterfall and then this swarm of bees attacked me. So yeah, that was, that was a day. Um, so yeah, I was just kind of really brought to sit back and be like, okay, what, what, what is this mirror? Why do I keep getting hurt? Why do I feel like I keep getting attacked? Like there's gotta be a gift in there for me somewhere. And I took a really interesting turn, um, of mirroring certain aspects of my life. And I, I kind of came to this realization where I was like, okay, I think I just need to really have this higher level of respect and reverence for nature and Mm -hmm. start this relationship from scratch rather than um, expect my relationship with nature here to be the same as the land where I've been my whole life. And I was like, okay, so I just want to start, you know, Um, giving offerings and asking for permission before entering always saying thank you just a new level of reverence Um, and yeah it kind of made me realize I was discussing this with a friend and she said to me um, she said you know that's actually just a relationship the relationship with nature that you're you're wanting to develop is actually the same relationship that you want to develop with your own body. Mm. And that hit really deep because I was going through this process of um, digging really deep within myself and realizing that I had all of this 
um, I guess you could use the word trauma stored in my body from a very young age where my body was very much um, violated. And I still remembered that feeling being as young as like three or four. And just knowing that my body was not being treated with the respect it deserves. And having that within me from such a young age, it really followed me throughout my my teenagers, my adult years, and up to like very recently where I don't think I even that I even had that um, real respect for my own body because it was never treated that way. And so it was this big 360 of like, oh, wow, like nature is really mirroring how I actually get to treat my own body and that safety feeling that I'm looking for in nature, I get to find that with my own body and within my own body. And Mm -hmm. that went like a lot deeper than I ever would have expected. And it just goes to show like, that's what I mean when the land here is so potent that anything, anything that comes into my reality can have like, can seem so simple and yet have such a deep gift and listen and lesson and opportunity to heal um yeah within that situation yeah it's a really really powerful and beautiful lesson and it never ceases to amaze me what nature has to teach us and i think no matter where we go on this planet there's always truly profound lessons to be found in nature. And, um, I've had similar experiences, not maybe in the exact lessons to be learned, but in developing that reverence for nature and, and allowing that to reflect in my reverence for self. And, um, we have very different past histories. Um, but I, I also just want to take a moment to really just honor that share and honor the the courage and the vulnerability that it takes to share what you just shared and to open up and to allow yourself to hold yourself in that space and and do the necessary work to heal that trauma it has actually floored me since I have been down here and we had this conversation a little bit the other day, um, but being a part of so many healing circles and, and groups that are focused on trauma-informed healing and various aspects of um, just doing that inner work, I have been absolutely awestruck by how many people have been sexually and physically abused. And it really shook me that I was the minority in literally every group. I, I had one very small incident when I was young of just being touched inappropriately by a stranger. Um, and intuitively I just like immediately removed myself from the situation. And otherwise I, was privileged enough to not have endured physical or sexual abuse. And it, it makes me emotional to talk about because I just like, it's, I've heard so many people share their stories in these groups and people like you who have shared with me and, 
and to just sit with how prevalent this is and how many people maybe don't know where to go to source out the the um just the support and and the the different elements that are there to assist them in their healing and i think it's so beautiful that you've been able to find part of that in nature mm-hmm. and that's not by any means to say that anybody who has endured such trauma can just go sit in the jungle or in the forest and fully heal. But I think it's beautiful to be able to incorporate that into our healing. And as you said, for so long, we as people have treated nature like this is our home and it's like we go out in nature to experience nature, but no nature and the earth that's home. And that's, that's the foundational basis of, of where we came from and our lineages and, and we are the visitors here. (laughs) Yeah. And so I just, yeah, I, I really just honor you for sharing that and for your growth and like you said, it, it's been a little over four months for you or almost four months for you and um, almost five months for me. And we chatted about this a bit the other day, too, that it feels like it's been forever, but it also feels like it's been yesterday. And just yeah. um, it's been beautiful to watch you grow in that very short period of time. Yes, thank you so much for taking all of that in. Thank you. I love you, sister. Me too. So for the listeners who maybe have had a past history of trauma, whether that be physical or sexual abuse, um, maybe some more lessons that you've learned from nature or other elements of your healing journey, uh, what would be the most relevant or the most uh, profound that you feel called to share? Um, So this isn't, this is actually like a very different aspect of me, but I think everything truly like flows together um and things don't happen in a certain order by coincidence I think it's kind of like all building blocks Mm -hmm. and something that happened to me quite shortly I hadn't even been here for a month um and for those who don't know me I came here with my kitten who um I smile just thinking of her because she's just so special and she was my like she was my best friend and my sidekick and we went everywhere together she traveled with me everywhere I brought her from Canada to here um and her name was Honey and she was very sweet and um not even a month after we arrived here she super unexpectedly passed away so uh I went through a very dark period of like some really heavy grief and I mean the grieving is in my experience and it's been like it was actually three months yesterday since she passed and the grief never really leaves I think I've just learned to like accept it and live with it and it's almost just a part of like 
my my human experience and who I am um and when this happened it was like the last the last familiar that I possibly had in my life was now gone because from going to living in in Canada my whole life to coming to Costa Rica literally nothing is the same here I can't even think of one thing that it has in common with where I grew up and so um, I found myself like feeling pretty lost and it was a it was a whole process and so much happened you know internally one big lesson that I really learned from it was that I had two choices and those two choices were to either keep my heart open or to just shut it off um and honey was so special to me she really cracked my heart open in a way that it had been closed off if not for my entire life then many 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 years and I'm forever grateful for that because I have a really big loving heart and I think that for me to close it off would be like you know having this really dope car but leaving it in your garage all the time like what's the point right you gotta go around and drive that baby <laughs> so I made the conscious decision and it was it was barely a decision I just knew that that openness that I had in my heart I got to keep it open and even though our time together on in this lifetime me and honey was like much shorter than I would have anticipated she had an impact on me that is never going to leave me and so I was cracked open in a new way and fast forward for you know fast forward several weeks several months um, I came to this realization the other day where I finally understood what it meant to find pleasure in pain and find the love in grief because I found myself and to be honest I don't even remember what was going on for me to find myself there at that point but I found myself in a state where I was feeling a lot of pain and a lot of grief and I was releasing something and I realized like oh like this pain is actually making me want to love myself more it's making me want to love others more it's making me want more love in general and giving me the capacity to open my heart even more and I was like oh like that's where the juiciness is because it's like that's why nothing is good or bad and that's why we get to experience both ends of the of the spectrum because when I find myself in that in that grief and that pain and that sorrow, whatever it may be, there's actually an opportunity there for me to find more love. Mm -hmm. And I came out of like, you know, that experience, if I'm going to call it like a dark tunnel, I came out on the other side after realizing like how close, you know, grief and pain is actually with love and joy. I came out shining brighter than I think I ever have before. <clears throat> And that was huge for me because mm -hmm. I've heard that for, you know, a very long time, like finding the pleasure and the pain and all this stuff. And I never really understood it. And it was just about tuning into my heart and being like, 
Oh, okay. This is what this is about. This is about opening me up. This is about, this isn't about like me having a scar from this experience. This is about me like growing and loving me even more and just loving life even more. And by experiencing more of what's on the maybe like painful side of the balance, then the other side where there's joy and bliss and love, that will also elevate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was that was a pretty profound realization. And honestly, I wish with my entire heart and being for everyone to be able to um, capture and understand that in their lives, because it really makes the process of experiencing human emotions so much like so much better Mm -hmm. yeah and what I love about all of that and and witnessing you move through all of that is that you really went through all of the motions and so yes you found the pleasure in the pain but you also allowed yourself to grieve and I think that one without the other can have just as detrimental effects if we stay in the grief or if we bypass the grief and we just go to finding the pleasure or the positive side and the silver lining. Um, That's almost that element of toxic positivity where we Mm -hmm. deflect what we actually need to feel. And you allowed yourself to really be with those emotions and, and sit with them for long enough and allow yourself to express them for long enough that then allowed you to come to that beautiful realization. And I think that's such a powerful message for the listeners is that healing involves both it involves all aspects of feeling you have to go through the deep dark shit and wade through the muck to get to the bright side and to get to those moments where you have that aha light bulb recognition Mm -hmm. where you can finally sit and say oh this is what it was trying to teach me and so I just yeah, I mean, it was it was hard for me to see you grieving when all of that unfolded, but I knew that there was a lesson for you, and I also knew that you had to feel it to heal it for yeah. <laughs> to not be cliche here, but <laughs> yeah, it, I just again just want to honor you for going through that process and for sharing it with me and now with our listeners but thank you for sharing I really 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 love that thank you and if I can just say um if I can just add one thing too is the importance of um remembering that the human experience is about being full spectrum Mm -hmm. and I also have this like little motto that I use. It's whatever you resist persists. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that's meant to be felt, it, like sometimes it really sucks to feel things. It really does. But the more you resist it, the more it'll follow you and the more it'll amplify. You know, that's why when you do 
childhood healing or healing of the past, it just feels so crappy because it's been inside of us, like literally festering for years. Right. So I really want to encourage everyone that when something comes up to be felt, no matter how awful it feels, like, please, please, please take a moment to feel it because it's not going to go away. It's just going to persist. Like in my grieving process, there was like a time where I would literally save myself like a two hour block in my day and take some time alone and be like, this is my time to cry. And I would just cry. Like I had my crying, like almost penciled in my agenda because (laughs) I knew that it had to happen or else it would just like, it would start festering inside of me and then create all these other like situations and emotions that in fact are just coming from me, not taking that time and that space to feel what needed to be felt. Hmm. Yeah, and for myself, what that brought up for me as you were sharing all of that is that there were a lot of times in my past where I did deflect emotions and I stuffed them and I covered them up with things like toxic positivity and distractions mm-hmm. like working out and that kind of stuff and what I realized, what started to come up for me is that when things would then happen that re-inflicted some sort of trauma or grief, no matter how small, it would seem like I just had this eruption of emotions. And there would be times where I would be questioning and really like judging myself. Like, why am I so emotional over something that is seemingly so small? And I began to realize that it was not only the emotions that I was needing to express for that particular event. It was all of the built up emotions that I had suppressed Mm. for so long that were then saying, Oh my goodness, now I have a reason. Like you're giving me some sort of permission and invitation to be released. And so it would be this huge, like I said, eruption, because it quite literally was an eruption of emotions, like this huge buildup Mm -hmm. of energy that had just been stuck for so long that like something as small as like, say like spilling a smoothie on the kitchen floor (laughs) or something, right? Like something just silly, like something that would be like, okay, like now I would be like, oh, well, that sucks and move on with your day. Right. But it would be like a breakdown Mm -hmm. or obviously bigger events too, like losing a loved one or whatever. But it was like years and years and years of trauma, of loss, of all of these times where I felt like I had to be strong and I couldn't let those emotions flow that then just came up and bubbled over. And so for myself, it was really just recognizing that saying, okay, like I see you, I understand where that's coming from now. I didn't Mm -hmm. before and that's okay because I was just doing the best with what I had at the time. And now it's time to move through all of it, which for anybody who has gone through the motions of suppressing and deflecting emotions and pain and trauma Mm -hmm. and is now facing that, you might know how difficult that is and how long it can take to then go through the healing process. And 
I see a lot of similarities in you and I and what we're currently going through in our journeys. And again, just, yeah, just holding you in deep reverence for everything that you've been through and everything you continue to face. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, it's not easy, but as you beautifully shared, there can be some really profound recognitions that come through when you, when you make the choice to sit yeah. with it and to move through it. Yes. And it's very like, it's expansive in a way where I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, it's mm-hmm. the, the growth and the transformation that facing these um, parts of me that were asking for love is unmatched like absolutely Mm -hmm. unmatched and I'm grateful for each and every one of those experiences no matter how much it sucked at the time yeah yeah and it's it can be hard again to be grateful for those experiences and I think it's also a beautiful recognition that you came to that you could have chosen to close your heart and and often that's the easier thing to do. And, and we see that so often when people go through loss and trauma and even really hard breakups, it's easy to become resentful and to then live in fear of future pain, future heartbreak and say, okay, well, that's fine. I'm just going to close my heart and I'm not going to put myself out there to experience that again, because I don't want to experience the pain again. But when we close ourselves down and protect ourselves from experiencing pain, we also shut ourselves off from receiving love Mm -hmm. and receiving all of the beautiful gifts that life has to offer. Absolutely. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. There have been some other things that you've been doing while you've been down there that you've really been leaning into that I've thought have just been so beautiful and have just really brought out a really bright, shining part of you. And some of that has been found through dance and some of the ceremonies that you've been doing and breath work. And so, yeah, I would just love to hear you share on any of those experiences too, that you felt have really contributed to this part of your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that you mentioned dance. I think whenever someone mentions dance, I just like light bright up <laughs> I see that <laughs> you and I are two peas in a pod sister <laughs> yeah. and I just want to say like <clears throat> I am by no means this like elegant professional dancer like I just get down on the dance floor you know <laughs> um so when I moved here I I was blessed to be received in like a beautiful community of people, um, something like unlike anything I've experienced before. And there's a lot of events here in the spiritual community. And something that happens really often is ecstatic dances. And what I moved here, I didn't even know what ecstatic dance was. Someone inviting me and I heard the word dance and I was like, sure, but like, what is it? <laughs> and she was like, well, 
there's music and you honestly dance however you want to. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to my first um, event here and I was really going with no expectations. You know, the only experience in dance that I had was like going clubbing when I was actually doing that and just mm -hmm. like the whole setting being completely different, right? So I went to this event and it's just like, it's a whole other world, you know, like there's no alcohol involved. It's just like a very like loving and nurturing environment. Like often we'll do a cacao ceremony before starting the mm -hmm. dance, which is like super, super heart opening um, when done with like really profound intention. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it was a friend's birthday party and the DJ started playing the music and I was like, I just got completely lost on the dance floor and this side of me that I don't even think I knew came out and like I've had, you know, I'm going to call it ecstatic dance in my like living room and kitchen and things all the time and it's <laughs> just me like, letting loose and you know moving energy and just like letting the music like do its thing and yeah so an excited dance is literally like this group of people with like some dope music and you just dance however you want to like it doesn't even matter what you're doing it's it's accepted and it's encouraged and everything is welcome like mm -hmm. everything is welcome and to be in that environment was so healing because there's no box no one is trying to put you in a box no one is judging it's like so judgment-free and like if any judgment comes up it's your own you know mm -hmm. it's like your it's your own judgment just being mirrored at you and like just giving you the opportunity to look at where you're judging yourself and so um yeah I got like totally like you know addicted to that feeling of like being able to let loose and being with people who like are really just accepting you and accepting all parts of you. And after that first ecstatic dance that I went to, I had people come up to me and literally thank me for just being like wild and free because it inspired them. And I think that was one of the most beautiful compliments I've ever had because there I was just like letting out the like most goofy and wild side of me and receiving gratitude for it. It, I was just so mind blown. And over time, um, I definitely really learned a lot about myself through dance. And I also participated in contact dance, which maybe I'll touch mm -hmm. upon afterwards. Um, but fast forward to, I think this was last Sunday. I went to, um, there was like a women's circle, la, 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 and it led into an ecstatic dance. And my two favorite DJs were playing. And for the first time, even though like I always, you know, like really just like let loose on the dance floor, I think this was the first time that I let the music move me rather mm. than me moving to the music. And it was like, you know, that emoji with its brain, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like whoa like I felt like I just reached like Super Mario level 3000 you know? <laughs> amazing 
yeah and it was so beautiful and it was so easy it was like I don't have to do anything like the music is actually moving me right now and it was just like yeah it was really profound and it was kind of like this new level of letting go of like letting go of Mm -hmm. trying to control anything um and that was really beautiful for me and that's another thing that I really wish for everyone to experience um so that being said about exciting dance I also got introduced to this type of dance called contact dance and I had no idea what that was either but again I just decided to go for it and contact dance is actually quite difficult to put into words but I will Mm -hmm. do my best um it's a lot about trust and trusting someone else with like your body and the weight of your body because you're basically in a group of people it can be done in silence or it can be done with like I'd say like softer type of music and you kind of naturally you know often people will kind of like start dancing by themselves and you naturally let yourself be guided to someone else energetically and it's quite vulnerable Mm -hmm. um and the point of contact dance is to share dance with someone while constantly keeping a point of contact between the two bodies it can be the hand it can be the head you can be piggybacked on someone and like contact dance is not pretty like it it, it's just not it's actually very weird it's it's weird and it's basically like two bodies just like I don't even know how (laughs) it's like you know those like big things that you see that are like floating in the wind and they're going like <laughs> everywhere with the wind that's kind of like what contact is the like, inflatable yes. wacky inflatable wiggly arms tube man or whatever the heck family guy calls that thing that's the only thing that I remember the name of it from <laughs> yes that's exactly what I'm referring to and sometimes yeah. that's what contact dance looks like and it can like it yeah. can be pretty you know it's actually like quite Um, It can be very sensual and beautiful, Mm -hmm. but most of the time it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was also something that really opened parts of me and really like gave me some pretty, pretty solid mirrors to myself, really made me look at like certain insecurities. And um, I guess the biggest thing is like contact dance gets really good when you fully trust your partner with your, your body and your weight. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really challenging for me because, um, yeah, this is another deep one, but I've always <clears throat> had a certain level of like self-conscious as to like how heavy I am because mm-hmm. I'm not like by any means a petite girl and, you know, I'm like stronger and heavier than a lot of men. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not it's not a bad thing but it's something that I've been like struggling with to, like feeling self-conscious and being like am I gonna crush this person and just like yeah a lot of like self-conscious thoughts coming up about someone supporting my weight mm-hmm. and that was really hard for me in contact dance because you have to give the other person your weight that's how you get to like really dance together and feed off of each other's energies Mm -hmm. um so um I've had the opportunity to like share some really beautiful dances with other humans and um yeah it's definitely it's 
I don't think that I would really invite someone to go to contact dance. I think you really have to just naturally feel the pull because a lot of people mm -hmm. could get there and be like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on here? Yeah. yeah if any of the listeners don't know what contact dance is I just invite you to google it and see what comes up and see what kind of feelings that <laughs> creates um it is it like ecstatic dance too I mean if you were just an outside observer and you had no idea of the intention and just like the energetic exchange that was happening and you were on the outside looking in and for myself to very similar experiences that the ecstatic dance parties and contact dance events that I've been to have all been sober events, but from the outside, <laughs> an onlooker would for sure more likely than not be standing there questioning what on earth everybody is on. Like, <laughs> yeah, because it, it's wild and yeah, it's just, it is. It's really that invitation to let go of that inner critic and the judge and that conditioning where we are taught to be always thinking of, oh, well, what, how are other people perceiving this? What do other mm -hmm. people think of me when I'm doing this or saying this? Or like, how, how does my body look right now? Or do I look sexy right now? Do I look attractive right now? And yeah, like you said, like contact dance, especially some people make it look very sensual and it can be very sensual. Um, with that said, it definitely does not have to be of with two people of the opposite sex or two people mm. with the same sexual preferences. Like I've watched straight men, a group of straight men contact dance with each other. And it was actually, it was just so beautiful to watch. And so amazing to just see them smiling and laughing and just like really vibing off of each other's energy which is what contact dance is all about like you have to be so incredibly in tune with somebody else's energy and I I found myself the first time very similar to you like asking if like questioning what I looked like and if I was doing it right and how the other person was perceiving me and my energy and the way I was doing it. And again, it's just this beautiful invitation to let go. And yeah. those containers are just such an incredible space to be in, especially as somebody who is sober, who doesn't drink, who for myself for a very long time, I received a lot of judgment when I decided that I was no longer mm -hmm. going to drink and I lost a lot of friends and I have always loved dancing. And I would always be the one to say, I would love to still come out dancing. Like I'll go clubbing and be the sober person dancing. Yep. Like, heck, I still look like I'm drunk when I'm dancing anyways. So <laughs> my hand. nobody's going to know, <laughs> but it's just, the first experience I had was actually on New Year's. We had an ecstatic dance party and it was a sober party. And it was the first New Year's I've been to where I have felt absolutely zero judgment for the fact that I don't have a drink in my hand. And I also felt like I could be my full authentic self, which is what alcohol did for me for a long time in my teenage years is I felt like I could express my authentic self, but then I had an excuse if somebody perhaps didn't like it or was triggered by it or judged me for it, I could say, oh, well, I was drunk. So that wasn't actually me. 
but really it was me allowing myself to be me, which over many years I have now learned to do sober and still obviously as a human being sometimes struggle with, but yeah, I think contact dance, ecstatic dance, any form of movement really can be just such a beautiful way to connect with other beings and, and to ask yourself, can I find the joy? Can I tune into myself and express myself fully sober? Yeah. Can I find the ecstasy and the high in just being? Yes, absolutely. I love everything Mm -hmm. that you just shared. And I also relate to so much of it. And one thing I would love to touch upon, um, and I think it can be relatable to both contact and ecstatic dance is the meaning of sensuality. And I think that often sensuality and sexuality are put in the same box. And to me, it's so completely different. Mm -hmm. And sensuality is such a beautiful and sacred part of being a human. And you can share sensuality with, like, especially in dance with, with yourself, with others, without there having anything to do with sexuality, which is like a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that those two modalities really helped me realize where it was like, okay, I can get in touch with this beautiful, like sensual part of myself and express it through my body. And it's not going to be perceived as this or that. And honestly, if it is, then that belongs to that person. And I just get to be a mirror for that person, right? And I'm really, like, it's something I'm super passionate about for that to become the norm, that sensuality is just sensuality and we can be like you can be sensual all the time you can be sensual doing the dishes you can be like sensuality is actually to me like a way of like really tuning into myself more before involving any anything or anyone else you know and Mm -hmm. it's the same as like intimacy intimacy is also not related to sexuality you can be intimate with yourself with your friends with your family with with like anybody mm-hmm. and again it's completely unrelated to sexuality and even in a relationship being you know sharing intimacy is like way beyond sex like it actually mm-hmm. has it's, it's like a different world and I think that dance has been a really beautiful modality for me to tap into that and realize that and come to that beautiful understanding of those different embodiments. That's a beautiful share. And I love, love comparing and contrasting those because it is, I find such a common misconception. And like you said, intimacy and sensuality can really be done with anything. And it starts with you, with your connection to yourself and your love with yourself. Like you can be sensual and intimate with your food. That's actually Mm -hmm. something that I've learned recently in healing my relationship with food is to sit with my hands on my plate or my bowl or my cup and give thanks and give gratitude. And then as I'm eating, like really 
truly be sensual and intimate and pay incredibly close attention to the texture and the feel and the smell Mm -hmm. and the temperature and everything. And that's sensuality, that's intimacy and intimate connections, as you said, don't have to be absolutely can be, but don't have to be related to sexuality at all. And Mm -hmm. again, that's something that's so beautiful about dance is that you can have a very sensual and intimate exchange between two people of the same sex, between two friends, between two people of the same sexual preferences. And it's, it's exemplary of their connection with self and their ability to translate that connection with self to connecting their energy to the energy of another. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I also think and maybe this is just my bias based on personal experience, but I just think that movement and sound, no matter how you source them, whether it's movement through dance or movement through exercise or movement through yoga, but the combination of movement and sound is such a powerful way to increase your vibration and increase your energy and develop that relationship with self. And as we know we're energetic beings and a big part of the reason I've incorporated sound therapy into my new practices is because I'm so passionate about sound and I'm so passionate about music. And it's been such a, a special part of my life and my journey for so long. And I've seen and felt it's healing powers. And so, yeah, I just, I, I really love you sharing this story of how it is integrated into your journey and your healing. And I really encourage anybody listening to, to try, if you're not already incorporating music and dance into your life, I mean, gosh, music is so powerful. Like just go sit and put on like two consecutive, really sad, emotional songs and sit with that (laughs) and see how it makes you feel. And then immediately shift and put on two really high vibe, like songs that are just really, truly feel good songs. And if you don't experience an immediate or like very quick change in mood in a matter of minutes, I would be shocked because Mm -hmm. music and the vibration that comes from music is so, so influential on not only our cellular frequency, but our overall mental, physical, spiritual well-being. So I just, I really love you sharing this. And it just (laughs) obviously really vibes with me because we share this same passion for music and dance. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I just want to add something kind of like, it's kind of funny to what you just said about how much music can really impact us. Um, yesterday I was like feeling some emotions in my body that really needed to come to the surface. And I was like, I don't know if I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one expect, um, experiencing this, but sometimes I'll just be there. And I'm like, I just want to cry. Not because I'm like sad or anything, but I just know that crying will like bring that release. And I sit there and I'm like, why can't I cry? So mm-hmm. then I'll just tune in and be like, okay, what do I need to do in order for these emotions to be released? And so what I did yesterday is I sat on my back patio, I put on my headphones and I put on repeat summertime sadness by Lana Del Rey. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I literally lost track of the number of times that I listened to it. And I was finally able to cry, which is what I wanted. I was finally able to make the tears come to the surface. And I was like, I'm going to keep listening to that song 
until I feel complete. So yes, music can be very therapeutic. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh girl, I have playlists called emotional release. I have a playlist called I'm in a glass case of emotions. And it's literally <laughs> just so that I can sit and cry. And again, it's something that I'm now incorporating into what I'm sharing with others. And no matter if it's in breath work or sound therapy or doing body work, I always have some form of sound incorporated because I think it's so powerful. And, and that's not to say that all of those practices are always used to help people express those sad emotions of crying, or sometimes it's anger, sometimes it's frustration, sometimes it's joy and laughter. And there are songs and certain uh, vibrational frequencies that will bring that out too. Like it doesn't even have to be like a song with lyrics as I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. um, even just some of the frequencies that you can play, um, mm-hmm. they can really enhance your meditation experience. They can, they can just, gosh, just sound and music is so powerful. I could just, yeah. I'm sure we could do an entire podcast <laughs> all on this, but yeah, I, I love you sharing this. Oh, thank you. Hmm. So I guess if there's anywhere that you want to kind of bounce off and take the trajectory of this chat from here, uh, feel free to uh, add anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners today. Um, I do want to be respectful of your time too, but if there's any other stories or any other little tidbits you want to share, I'd love to hear them. Um. As you're saying that, the first thing that's coming to my mind is, is again, something that has been very, very powerful and helpful for me. And I want to share it so that it might, you know, someone else may feel called to use it or do that. I have found a lot of um, power in conversing with my body and I think as, you know, grownups, whatever that means, we all have little tidbits in our bodies where we're like, oh, I have a bad knee or, oh, I've got a kink in my neck. You know, we have these like things in our bodies. And I've taken this practice of simply sitting with my body and often I'll put one hand on my heart and one hand on my core or my womb or sometimes my plexus, honestly, wherever I feel called to do so. And I'll ask my body, what do you need? And kind of give it a scan. And I get like such clear answers. It's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And just to give a bit more guidance to the listeners, I kind of do a full body scan in a way where I'll be like, okay, body, which parts of you are needing love or which parts of you are holding on to trauma or like pain or whatever it may be. And like, usually it's like, boom, boom, boom. And it's also about not questioning, you know, if it's your left pinky toe, then like, (laughs) acknowledge your left pinky toe. I usually (laughs) write it down. I, anyone who knows me, I have like a notebook and pen with me everywhere I go. And so I'll be writing it down as it pops up and really not questioning whatever comes to mind because that's always the right answer. So I'll be writing all those body parts that come up, you know, um, whatever they may be, neck, shoulder, blah, blah. And then afterwards, I'll go over each of them and I'll be like, where is this coming from? Why are you holding on to that pain? 
And it was really powerful. Just a couple of days ago, every part of my body that I acknowledged and decided to have that conversation with brought me to either an experience in my past that I got to look at and give love to and heal. Um, but it also gave me some things in the present that I got to acknowledge. And it was very enlightening and it brought me like really deep like I had this pain in um I can't even remember where it was in my body but it literally took me back to like bullying in high school you know and I was not expecting that at all but I really just want to acknowledge the power and the wisdom that our body has and if you have a bad knee you know I'm taking that that as an example it's not just a bad knee like I promise you there's something in there that you get to look at and acknowledge and you have so much power within you to heal or even like sometimes we do get to ask others for support and that's a beautiful thing asking for support for yourself and your body is like one of the like most amazing privileges that we have as humans supporting each other so really not underestimating our bodies and not brushing off anything that comes up physically because it holds mm -hmm. medicine for us. It's asking for attention. Um, and yeah, like really encouraging everyone to really take some time regularly or whenever the, the call comes to sit with your body, have a conversation with it, and acknowledge every part of it that is asking for your love and attention because there's so much healing that can be done through that. Mm -hmm. I love this topic so much. And again, I feel like this is something that I could sit here and talk to you about for hours on end and is so integrated in what I've been learning and what I've been leaning into this past five months and really, I mean, the past few years of my own healing and yeah, I mean, our bodies are so powerful and we as society and humanity, we've come so far away from that knowing of the inner intuition and, and how our body is always speaking to us and the power that we have to heal thyself. And then also first and foremost, source out healing from mother earth and from nature and from our fellow human beings. And that's again, absolutely not to say that there's not a time and place for pharmaceuticals, which you and I actually have both experienced <laughs> recently. And I think we so often nowadays because it's easy and we live in this instant gratification, quick fix, quick solution culture that we want to go for the easy pop a pill and subdue mm -hmm. the pain method instead of actually sitting in meditation mm -hmm. and tuning into our body and asking, what do you need? Simple practices like muscle testing for the listener who doesn't know what muscle testing is. It's simply if you're trying to figure out if a certain product, like say a certain medication, like supplement or um, a certain food is really resonating well with your body, you can hold it in your hands and close your eyes and just drop into your body. And if your body is pulled forward, 
it mm. is an indication that that specific food or supplement is, is right for you. And if your body is pushed backwards, it's, it's a no from your body. And again, this is all something that you just learn as you learn to work with your body and learn to listen to your body. But yeah, I mean, it's all the signs are there. And like you said, it's not that there's something wrong with your body. Like your, your body's actually doing exactly what it was Mm-hmm. created to do right it's like all these little things if you have pain or if you are feeling tired or if one area is feeling particularly stressed or weak it's it's kind of like when your car has the check engine light go off your car is designed to tell you hey hello this part of me needs some service and your body is designed the exact same way our bodies tell us exactly what they need we've just been conditioned to not listen and to do the Google doc method and, or just like go directly to a doctor. And again, this is not to take away from the knowledge and the expertise that medical professionals have. But again, there is so much power that lies within and, and just listening. And it can be a really hard practice to start, especially if you're new to meditation, if you're just really developing that relationship with self and you're healing past Mm -hmm. trauma and, and ways your body has put up walls to protect itself. And again, all of those mechanisms, they're not ways that your body is broken. They're not pieces of you that are wrong. It's your body working exactly as it was designed to to protect you and to keep you safe. So all of these pains and ailments that we might be dealing with, they're signs that there are areas that we need to pay a little extra attention to. And I don't know if you maybe want to share your story about your recent experience with this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. You're referring to my finger, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, was like, I was like, which one? I mean, I guess there have been a lot of experiences. For I feel like every time I watch your story, you're either like experiencing some sort of like weird bodily thing or you're getting attacked by animals in the jungle. I'm like, okay, yes. another big universal lesson coming in. Right? Excited to see what this one is. Yeah, everyone needs to know that like the jungle is no joke. Okay, it's, just, it's very real. Yeah, so this recent experience I had um, all started like it must have been like a month ago. Now I went surfing, and by that I mean I was trying to learn how to surf, <laughs> and I, I guess my board had um, something broken on it and I cut my finger on it and it was like no big deal you know like tiny little chunk of skin ripped off ain't no thing just kept going and um, I just want to preface with saying that here things like open wounds just are so much more difficult to heal because it's very hot it's very humid and right now it's dry season so everything is dirty there's just like dust everywhere and like parasites are a real thing because it's very hot here Mm -hmm. so you just have to be like extra conscious whenever you have an open wound and I was kind of still learning that at the time so um time goes on and like a week and a half goes by and it looks like this little like scratch is healing just fine 
And then one day my finger randomly starts really hurting again. And like, that's weird, you know, like it's basically all healed. And why is the inside of my finger hurting so much? So um, I decided to put clay on it. And for anyone who doesn't know, clay has incredible healing properties because it will, um, one of the things it does is that it really pulls to the surface whatever doesn't belong in your body and my mom has taught me many beautiful things about healing with natural medicine mm-hmm. and clay is something she used for i swear like everything no bad attitude but can take some clay. <laughs> <laughs> so i <laughs> have learned to really use clay in so many ways so i decided to put clay on my finger And sure enough, it started pulling everything to the surface, which means that this huge like bump starting finger uh, started forming on my finger. And like, when I say huge bump, I mean like huge bump. Like I was freaked out. Oh, it was gnarly. (laughs) She she sent me some photos. It was, it was gnarly. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm kind of like freaking out a little bit. Like I'm alone at home and this is not like, Canada where you can just pop into the clinic on every street corner like this ain't this is completely different so I'm kind of freaked out so I just like I put it throughout the night I put clay I would ice it and do all these things and then in the morning I realized that this bump had kind of like I hope no one is going to be grossed out by this. And if you are, I'm sorry, but it had kind of like softened and I could see that there was a rock inside of it, like this little pebble. So I was like, oh shit. Okay. So my finger actually healed, but with a pebble inside of it. And now my body is reacting because there's, Mm. um, there's, uh, foreign object. (laughs) There's there's a foreign object (laughs) in my finger. (laughs) Exactly. So I was like, Hey, cool. So I ended up like actually like busting it open and just getting everything to pour out of there, pebble, including all this like custom liquid and all that. And it was such a relief, like both physically and energetically. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got this. This is totally going to heal, wrap my finger, all this stuff. So then I go on. And at this point I'm thinking like, it's just like the, you know, the external like part of my finger that needs to heal. So And it was like, I was really struggling to heal it. And like my finger was swelling and all this stuff. So I was like, okay, like my friend was like, I think you really need to go get like an antibiotic kind of cream to help this like heal. So I go get this cream, start putting it on my finger. And sure enough, it really like helped to like heal the wound and all this. But then my finger started swelling up again worse than it had before. Like this was like my whole finger being like three times the size it's supposed to be very red, very uncomfortable. And at this point, I'm literally just wanting to like have a meltdown and cry like a little child because I'm like, I just want my finger to be okay. And Mm -hmm. I also found this like new level of gratitude for my body because I'm like, now I realize how much of a big deal one finger is, you know? Mm -hmm. So it really wasn't getting any better. So finally, I went to the doctor very much like not wanting to, but I knew that this is just what I had to do. And I was hoping um, that he would just like somehow get like, because it was like clearly like liquid or something forming inside of my finger. And I just wanted him to like remove it. just wanted the relief and all this. I kind of had this like expectation. 
So I go to the doctor and he like looks up, looks at my finger, all the stuff explains to me that there might be fiberglass in there because it was like a surfboard and all that. So he's like, we're going to put you on antibiotics and, you know, in like two days, you should see a huge difference and you only have to take them for a week. And I'm like, kind of giving him attitude because I don't want to take these antibiotics and I just want like to be fixed right away, you know? Mm -hmm. And my friend who was with me, who I have so much gratitude for, she kind of like talked some sense into me because she could tell that I was just like a bit overwhelmed with the whole situation. Mm -hmm. And so I took the prescription and then I sat outside and I sat on the sidewalk and my friend was like, are you okay? And then I just started crying because I was just like so frustrated. I just wanted to be okay. And, you know, it, it may sound silly, but it was extremely confronting to have a, like this body part that was clearly like in distress. And I felt so helpless and so unequipped. And like I said before, being in a foreign country where I don't really speak the language and like all these different aspects make it extra challenging. Um, and I had a good chat with my friend and I just like, I was like, okay, this is just like me needing to surrender. And I went and got those antibiotics. And thankfully within like 24 hours, my finger was just like so much better, um, really started to heal up and get back to its normal size, lose its redness. And I was just so grateful. And I think it was a bit of like an ego death in a sense, because mm -hmm. in my whole life, I've taken antibiotics, I can probably like count on one hand, you know, I've always gone the natural way. That's how my mom raised it and raised me and I have so much gratitude for it. Um, but this was like, it kind of brought me to have gratitude for, you know, like the Western medicine and that like, it has its time. And mm -hmm. it's place and when you get to that point to take it and accept it with gratitude has like a gift in it as well mm -hmm. so yeah it was very much like a lesson in surrender and just like letting go of these like rigid ideas and finding gratitude for something that I normally may have like been a bit more critical or like judgmental of um and yeah, so it kind of opened my eyes in a beautiful way. And it's just like another example of how every little thing that happens actually has a purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And I, mm -hmm. I loved how our experiences kind of happened along similar timelines too. And mm -hmm. we were able to really connect and share over that because for me, again, it certainly wasn't ego death. Um, I didn't have to go on antibiotics, but just resorted to taking ibuprofen for the first time in years because I was experiencing sciatic pain mm -hmm. and yeah, it was similar, just like really leaning in and asking like, why am I resisting this right now? And what is this here to teach me? And without telling the story in greater detail, I mean, for me, the sciatic pain was actually not really brought on by anything. It just appeared and, and it actually came to me in meditation and in tuning into my body that it was actually all of the stored emotion in my root chakra 
from my body being in this nomadic state for so long, going here, there, and everywhere and not having a home, not having roots, not having that source of safety and security that then came out and was expressed in a physical ailment. And I did take Advil for a few days, but ironically for me, what actually ended up healing it was energetic work shared Mm -hmm. with me by, um, my beautiful friend, Dr. Sandy Indermule, who I just recently did a podcast with as well. She actually quite literally put her hands on the small of my back for no more than five minutes. And that particular day I took no Advil or ibuprofen or anything. And I was in excruciating pain in the morning. She did the energy work on me. And within an hour, the pain was gone and I did absolutely nothing else. (laughs) And so, I mean, yeah, that the ibuprofen and pain medication served its time and place for me. And it also gave me a, a much greater degree of empathy and understanding for people who are addicted to pain medication, because I was literally like, I couldn't sit. I had to be moving. If I was moving, I was okay. I could, I was, it was actually like, if I was on the elliptical or if I was doing like stretches or yoga or something, it actually felt Mm -hmm. wonderful. But as soon as I stopped, if I laid down, sat down, or even was just standing still, it was so uncomfortable and I couldn't bend over and touch my toes. It was like, and it was as coming from a background of, of really having always had a deep reverence and, um, having exercise be a a very big part of my life to not be able to do that. And then normally I feel better after, and then I would exercise. And then after I felt worse, as soon as I stopped moving. And so, yeah, like you're like the lesson you learned from your finger, it was like, what is this trying to teach me Mm -hmm. and how can I be with this and, and actually sit with, the pain and sit with the discomfort in my body and ask my body what what's the lesson here yeah. and yeah so again just like two examples where in one the pharmaceuticals and western medicine really came through for you and i mean if you hadn't done that there's a possibility you potentially could have lost your finger right yeah and so allowing ourselves to say there's a time and a place for both. And again, like you, I believe, and I was raised with the notion that you should always try the natural route first. Mm -hmm. And I, again, this is situational and I'm not saying if you go and break your leg to try and (laughs) put some sage on it, like that's clay is not going to benefit you there. (laughs) Definitely Western medicine route. Please do not take this as medical advice for serious injury. (laughs) But again, it's like, we've gotten so far drawn away from that in today's society that it almost seems like we can't hold space for both in the same container. Mm -hmm. And if, if you choose to go the holistic way first, then you're some woo woo person Mm -hmm. who doesn't believe in Western medicine and you're anti-vax, you're anti this, you're anti whatever. And then if you're in the Western medicine industry, like for myself, the, I realized that my adversity to taking medication was also tied to 
the animosity that I was still holding towards the medical fields because of everything I've experienced in the past few years. And, and for me, it was also that ego death of saying, this is here to help me. And it was the ego death of also saying that in this particular situation, I cannot do this by myself. I need to source out external health, external help. I need to take some pain killers. And then I needed to ask Sandy for her to at least try too. And it's that, yeah, that's tender space of giving up that autonomy and independence and saying, I need to actually deal with this and I need help. Yeah. I deeply relate to that, Mm -hmm. that lesson, that it's actually good. Not only is it okay, but it's good to ask for support when you feel the need to and kind of step out of that stubborn space where we're convinced that we can do everything on our own and not to say that we can't, but we're humans and we're meant to be supporting each other. And Mm -hmm. to expand on that, being able to receive from everyone and everything around us also makes us able to receive from the universe you know how do you expect to receive um you know the abundance that you desire from the universe if you can't even receive the help that your friend is offering you like it's all the same thing being in receiving mode means from everything and everyone not just the universe Mm -hmm. absolutely Yeah. And that translates to all areas of life and especially our healing. Yeah. We, we need to know that we can't be too proud to ask for help. And again, something in today's society, it's, we're commended for independence and for strength in suppressing emotions, men, especially. Yeah. And I think it's, it is shifting. I don't think it's shifting. I know it's shifting because I've witnessed it, but Mm -hmm. yeah, to, to give yourself full permission to do the work yourself and to know that true healing and growth and expansion and all of the beautiful things that you look to achieve in life that requires the other and we're all truly one. And with that said, in order for that oneness to come through to serve us, we have to be willing to extend that hand to ask for help and also to extend that hand in compassion to give help when others need it. Absolutely. Yes. (sighs) Well, I do want to be respectful of your time. And (laughs) even though I asked for a few tidbits, we got on another (laughs) tangent like we tend to do. So I think maybe this is a good place to stop for today, but I know you'll be back and I look forward to sharing whatever adventures and experiences continue to come your way and just watching you continue to blossom and hopefully keeping all appendages in the process. (laughs) (laughs) yes thank you for that (laughs) and I just want to say um yeah I appreciate you and everything that you are so much and really grateful to have this conversation and you welcoming me into your your beautiful podcast space um I'm 
that really, really touches my heart. And I want to honor you for what you share and the space that you hold and the medicine that you're spreading out to the world. So thank you for being who you are. Thank you, sister. Fully received with so much love. And thank you to everybody listening today. It's an honor to be in your ears. Much love as always from our big, beautiful souls to yours. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. If you found this episode or any other episodes of the podcast to be insightful, enlightening, and thought-provoking, I would so very much appreciate if you could head on over to whatever host you're listening on and give the podcast a review to help it reach more ears. Your time and feedback truly mean the world, so thank you in advance. Big love to you today and every day.